What's up, guys? Welcome to Asus Podcast. My name is Saul Monley at Saul Monley NBA on Twitter. This is a 1 a.m. edition of the Red Nation News Podcast. Kevin Durant has just been traded to the Phoenix Suns. There are broader league-wide implications for this. The championship race has just been spiced up in the biggest of ways. But there are implications for your Houston Rockets. Obviously, the Rockets own control of the Nets' picks until 2027. These aren't all picks. Some of these are swaps, but they're all unprotected. Uh, and we are joined here today by Alikan Vijani. Alikan, how are you doing? Good, Salman. How are you, man? This is uh, this is unprecedented times we are living in. And I'm yes. not talking about the world. I'm talking about NBA basketball. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So let's go. Let's go ahead and go through the outline of this trade. Okay, so the the Suns are sending Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first round picks, and a 2028 pick swap for Durant and TJ Warren. So the the Suns are basically getting back Durant and Warren, and they're sending back pretty much their entire reserve uh, role, uh, all their good def- defenders and um, and shooters, but. They're getting Durant, and they're going to obviously skyrocket up into the top of the Western Conference uh, hierarchy again. And the Nets are getting some good players here, but at but at the cost of Durant. And they're they're obvious the obvious you know incentive to do this trade is all these picks because they have to restock their cupboard for all the picks they have just lost to the Rockets. So. I think looking now at the at the Nets roster just right now, it still looks good. But if you're talking about like the best possible outcomes for the Rockets, I don't know if you could outline one because this is a trade that is not centered around stars. It is not centered around like strong, good young players. It is a trade centered around draft picks, kind of like what the Rockets did for James Hart uh, when they traded James Hart in the first place. They this they are doing this for the picks, and that means that they are not exactly prioritizing wins right now. They are prioritizing their future. They're bracing themselves for a long rebuild, meaning those picks that the Rockets now own are at the highest point in value that they have ever been because in a two-year period, they have lost James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, an outcome none of us could have ever predicted when the Rockets first did that James Harden trade. You know, when when I'm looking at this trade as well um, from a Rockets and a Brooklyn perspective, I'm also just looking at the fact that you, you have control over something that, you know, is not concrete. And that can be an asset for this team, a team that's looking to figure out what their next steps are. I think the Rockets, albeit are, are under the uh, window right of talent accumulation, you're just trying to gather as much talent and cap uh, assets as you can, young players who can have a high ceiling. But what this also does is it gives you blue chips to be able to go in and potentially, you know, get some good young players um, who, who who have some upside or a established player who can kind of come in and help your culture. A guy that Brooklyn really likes, and I don't see them trading, but a guy like Mikel Bridges, for example. Being able to use some of that draft capital and bring in a guy like Mikael Bridges potentially, you know, as somebody who's a great two-way player, a great defender, can play, you know, in all different types of schemes, can really, you know, play with and help Jalen and Shangun defensively, pair him up with a guy like Jabari Smith, 
that that's something good for you. Now, I don't think Brooklyn's going to trade him, like I said, but just as an example, I think you now have with that Brooklyn Nets draft capital because how you know how variable it is. Nobody knows what's going to happen with them. You have a shot to be able to use that in cash in to potentially get something that can help you establish more of a team identity moving forward. Yeah, and I wrote about this when um, the Kyrie trade first happened. I basically said, like, people were just assuming that those picks had skyrocketed in value that day. I was like, no, actually, I think there's a, a an air of uncertainty around those picks because we don't know what Durant's going to do now. We don't know if they are going to try and get a package for Durant that allows them to still be highly competitive. And the best possible scenario the Rockets could root for is for them to trade Durant for a trade that allows them to not be competitive. Now, I still think they're going to be competitive, but to what degree? I don't I don't know if they're going to be a top 4 team in the in the Eastern Conference. I think that's that possibility's gone for them. I don't think they're going to be a top 6 team. This is going to be a team that's, you know, a bottom 2 t- team in the playoffs or a play-in team at best and you know, you could as 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 a as an organization, like you said, you can you can capitalize on that, and you know the uncertainty of these picks can be something that you can pitch to other teams or or Brooklyn themselves because who who values the Brooklyn picks more than any other team in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets because it gives them control over their own future. And yeah. if you're tra- if you're talking about trading for a, a player like Mikael Bridges, you may not even have to trade all the picks. Uh, it would probably just be one of the unprotected. And it might just be one. Yeah, it might just be one of the picks. You're talking like maybe even the 2027 swap would get it done. Like just just trading that uh, to to the Nets, and you might be able to get back a really strong young player at a relatively cheap cost to yourself. I, I mean, I, I, so much, I I still think it'll be more than that. But I, I get the point you're trying to make here, though. It's like the Rockets have that leverage, even if they won't be able to get one of those players. I, I don't think it'd be more than that because like, you, you have to give so. up. You have to give up salary too on top of that to get Mikael Bridges. So you're gonna have to give up someone like Eric Gordon, someone like um, Jay Sean Tate. Like you're gonna have to give up salary to match Mikael Bridges' contract back. So they're getting value back on the asset end of the deal as well. So. Um, it's not like they're just getting the 2027 swap back and that 2027 swap could potentially be the most valuable of all those picks that they've gotten back because that's the farthest away. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. I, I, I do have a question for you though, in, in terms of the Rockets next steps here, you have Aaron Gorn who I don't see him being traded, honestly. And I just, I don't I think he's probably going to be in a Rockets uniform past the trade deadline um, and beyond. But <laughs> and beyond. You're, in a situation, you're in a situation where the West is clearly full of teams trying to stack up because they see the West is wide open this year. Steph has been out a few times already this season with different injuries. Um, they, all these teams besides Denver is kind of bunched up here in the middle. Could a team trade for Aaron Gordon – and do you think a team, after especially this KD situation, would be willing to give up a young player that the Rockets may like or a first-round pick to take on Eric Gordon? And I'll give I you think- an example here. Would Denver be willing to trade Bones Highland and whatever the salary cap match would be to get Eric Gordon if Eric Gordon can help them 
especially with perimeter defense and shooting. You're saying the demand for Gordon just went up because the arms because Phoenix because Phoenix is so good and yeah. it demands them to yeah I mean it's possible I mean hell it's possible that like a team like the Clippers could also could also come in yes. for uh, Eric. They're Gordon. trying to unload some of their salary too. Yeah, yeah, and they just missed out on KD, right? And and Irving, right? If you're asking me, would you take a young player back in exchange for Eric Gordon? I think absolutely. I mean, because at this point, you're just trying to see whatever the hell you can get for Eric Gordon. Because I don't understand the value in keeping him around. I still don't. I've never understood it. Uh, the the Rockets can claim that he's a good vet to keep around all they want. I don't buy it. They're probably just trying to find the best trade for them, and I just keep they keep. I think the front office has, you know, missed that window. Um, but you know, to, to their point, and this is just an aside, if they bring Eric back next season and they, they guarantee that contract, that's a twenty million dollars. That's expiring. money. Yes, yes. That, that, so, that, that, so, so, that's so, that's the argument. That's the that, argument. That, that's. The, I mean, and it's a really good argument, sir. I mean, you know, I, I say that you know they missed their window, but if they guarantee that thing, the window will still be open, or they may open up again. So, well. The the reason that guarantee is so significant is because if you're guaranteeing that last year of Eric Gordon's deal, I feel like that means you have a trade up your sleeve and you're about to move Gordon, right? Like I feel like that that signals that okay, a team is willing to give you a significant piece, and you're and to 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 match the salary, you need to guarantee that that last year of Eric Gordon's deal. Yeah, twenty million dollars is a lot of money to be able to yeah. have some flexibility, especially now that you have those Brooklyn picks in your disposal to be able to use. And you can package him potentially with other guys on the roster, you know, KJ Martin, Jay Sean Tate, guys who are at nadirs in value, I would say. You could you could package those guys up to in a, in, a, in a larger trade and potentially try and get a significant significant piece back. And that's the kind of trade that attracts me the most as a Rockets fan. Like that to me is the kind of trade I would try to pursue. Now, whether or not that's going to be available to the Rockets is is going to be interesting. I think league wide, it's hard to it's hard to doubt that those picks have gone up in value, at least in perceptive value, right? Like I I I think those picks are more valuable. I'm sure there are other people uh, looking at the looking at the Nets and being like, yeah, there's no star here that's going to anchor this team, right? And the East has gotten better. It's a lot harder to make the playoffs. So this is a potential that you're talking about at least. Uh, you're talking about multiple lottery picks coming in um, with all these with, the, with all these picks that the Rockets own. So I would I would look at the at those uh, picks that the Rockets own as like some of the most valuable assets on the trade market right now. Uh, by the way, uh, the Jazz have like 15 first round picks now. I'm just looking at it right now. Uh, somebody's compiling how many first round picks that the Jazz have. Right. Uh, it's insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, this is a massive trade. This is a massive trade, and it completely changes the way we look at the Rockets. It completely changes the way we look at the Nets. It changes the it, way we the look at the It's the type of trade, someone that that you don't forget where you were when you found out where the trade happened. I was sleeping. I I, I was in. <laughs> it, I, I I was deeply into sleep, and I was waking up to this trade, and uh, I I I understand now why. I understand the urgency. Uh, it, it is. It is a massive trade. It is a massive trade. I I would I would venture to guess right now that the that the Nets could probably make the playoffs this year. And 
that 2023 swap is worthless, right? So really you're talking 2024 to 2027 is the window of prime asset play for Houston, right? You, you, you got two first round picks and two pick swaps basically left. Usually that first year after you trade all the stars is kind of a, a rally year for the team, right? Like usually that the team over exceeds expectations. So I actually think there's a real possibility that Nets uh, over exceed expectations because, you know, they, they have all the no one believes in us kind of energy. But 2026, 2027, 2028, I mean, like all that energy just just wears off after a little bit. And you're talking about some really, really valuable assets. And, you know, we're talking about all these picks for young players. The Rockets are in a position where they have to try and win next year because they also owe some picks of them of themselves out to Oklahoma City. And they have all this cap space coming in. And what better use of that space than trying to go real big fish hunting? So if you're Houston and you look at the free agent market and you miss on James Harden, you miss on uh, Chris Middleton, you miss on all your free agent targets, right? What better use of that cap space than a real star via trade? We talked about a way they can get that done. Eric Gordon's an obvious candidate, right? But, you know, there are other ways to cobble together the salary, particularly Kevin Porter Jr. because you got him on this weird, funky extension, right? That's sizable. Uh, and you, you got Jay Sean Tate on a sizable contract that's really cheap but still good enough to, to package together with Kevin Porter Jr. Perhaps you can cobble together even more salary. And you get close to sat star player type of money. That's where it gets really interesting to me if I'm a Rockets fan because then you're talking about it really fascinating possibilities on the star market, which I think is going to be robust this summer, as it always is. There's always a player that wants to trade nowadays around the corner. I I, I think honestly, and you know, just from a but, but from a Nets perspective too, and why why this kind of helps the Rockets even more is we're talking about you know you you're talking about a team that could potentially still make the play in and playoffs and all these different things uh, with the veteran depth that they have. It would not surprise me if they're in a very Utah Jazz situation, very similar to Utah Jazz situation, where you're trying to figure out which of these young players or these, 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 these just overall collection of talent you have, which one can be a building block, not necessarily a star or a featured player, but just building blocks, right? Like how Laurie Markkinen is becoming an all-star building block for them. Cam you know, Thomas, Cam, I mean, Cam Thomas, right? You, for uh, the for, Nets, for Brooklyn, for example, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so it's like based off of that. You can also then trade a Dorian Finney-Smith or a Spencer Dinwiddie or some of these other players or Jay Crowder or some of these other guys and to be able to get some more assets, which puts you in a situation where you're like, you know what, let's let, 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 let's see what happens. So I, I, I think it's going to be interesting, like you said, going into this offseason to see what Brooklyn's approach is going to be. They are a big market, no matter yeah. where, who, who, no matter what people say. Brooklyn in New York is a big market, and that does not still, for me, think uh, make me think that they're not going to be a team that's contending to bring in a star player, trade for star players moving forward. So that's why I think this this offseason in particular, maybe not this trade deadline, but this offseason is going to be a big, big sign of where this team is at. And why not, while there is this unpredictability behind Brooklyn, use that to be able to bring in some uh, potential talent on the Rockets team and I think that's that's my main takeaway for right now. Hundred percent agree. If you're gonna trade the picks, now's the time to do it. If you're gonna trade the picks, right? Yeah. Because there's so there's so much uncertainty. Because the Nets haven't used any of their capital yet, 
if the Nets turn around and decide, oh, there's another star duo we can go after, right? One via free agency, one via trade. We can package together Spencer Dimmel. We can package together Cam, Tom, Cam Thomas. All the salary that we just got, Mikkel Bridges. And we can go get that star. And then we can go sign this star, right? Then you're talking about, okay, now the Rockets are back exactly where they were before, right? Where they're just kind of waiting for these back-end picks to be good. I actually think even next summer is, is going to be something to watch because it, this might be a case where the Nets just want to see what they have, you know, for the remainder of this season and next and the you know start next season. And, you know, the year after that is really where they start looking at, okay, perhaps now it's time to really change gears here. Yeah. Man. Man, what a – wow. What a, what a whirlwind these last few hours. It is absolutely a whirlwind. I mean, this is uh this this is this is what it's all about. This is what rebuilding's all about. I mean this this is this is this is where it's actually fun. This is what right? John Moran gets for saying he's fine in the West, man. What <laughs> if I told you a comment by John Moran could change the complexion of the Western Conference? ESPN thirty for thirty. Is are they your favorites now? Are are the are the Suns your favorites? I think Denver's pretty frustrated that this happened because I was thinking Denver's going to run away with this thing, but uh, yeah, man, I, I think right now when the fact that you get to keep Aiton and you have KD as a, as a weak side rim protector, a role that he's best suited for, which we've seen with Claxton this year playing a, like a defensive player of the year candidate with Draymond where he was a weak side guy. I mean, this is just great for him. And you have Booker, you have Paul, who doesn't have to carry the load so much offensively, can kind of just set the table and facilitate. I mean, this is a pretty good situation for KD to be able to come right in and and just kind of play off of everybody. They play a stack pick and roll system. They'll always have three guys involved. They run out of Spain action, stack action, all these different things, which allows KD to be used as a screener and a guy off uh, 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 on rolls or pick and pops. I mean, I just think this is such a great situation for KD. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't see how a, a team right now, like right now, I just can't see how a team can beat them. I still really like Philly, and I still really like the Celtics, right? Like the those. Well, I'm the talking t- about the West. If we're talking oh, about the oh, East you're talking West. about oh, you're talking about your favorites in the in yeah. the West. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they're probably my favorite in the Western Conference. Uh, I, I'm looking at it right now. I don't see a team that can really stack up to that trio. I mean, may, maybe, maybe if the if if the Nuggets have another movie in them at the deadline. Uh, they can get closer to where the, where uh, the, the Suns are currently at, but you I think really what the the Suns are really contending with is the Eastern teams, right? The Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers. Those are the teams I'm worried about now. If I'm a, if if I'm the Suns, and, and that, that's, that's exactly where you want to be. The the buyout market is such a big thing for them moving forward. Right, to patch up this roster because they just lost a bunch of good role players. Right, Jay Carter wasn't playing for them, but Mikael Bridges was a huge part of their team. Right, uh, Cam Cam Johnson was a huge part of their team. They have to go replace those guys now, right? And obviously, they'll happily go find those guys, right? Like it's easy to find role players that can approximate seventy percent of the value of those guys you just trade away. You can't find seventy percent of Kevin Durant, right? You can't get that on the buyout market. So that that's not you know it's not going to be much of an issue for them. Teams are going to want to want to play for the Suns. It's an attractive market, uh, so. I think I think they're going to be number one in terms of like oh, X player just got waived. They're definitely going to the Suns now, right? Because there's playing time for them. There's uh, 
there's opportunity for them and that that's a really really attractive destination um yeah i mean this is this is crazy this trades absolutely bananas uh i'm not sure if i'm gonna record much more beyond this because uh, honestly there's still so much unknown right now uh my brain is still still rattling around in terms of the implications for this but if you're a rockets fan you can't be more pleased with how this went down with the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, the the Kyrie trade uh, was one where it was like, okay, there's so much uncertainty, but now there's no uncertainty. Now, now we know that trio is no longer going to be together. Now we know that the that the Nets are going to go in for a long haul rebuild. So it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting to see uh, how they manage this, how the Suns look together as a unit, how these other teams contend with them. Very fascinating. Um, going to be really fun watching basketball over the next couple of months now. I'm, I'm excited, man. I, 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 I <laughs> it, it's making me giddy thinking about the playoffs coming up because we may even get a Dallas, yeah. Phoenix matchup, and how crazy would that be? I mean, just so many great storylines here in the West and in the East as well. It's going to be another great playoffs. I'm really excited. Are we back to Western Conference? Are we back there yet? I, I, I think right now the Western Conference could be the best conference. How stacked mm. it is and how. They've even the playing field for sure. We're just just with talent right now. We're just with talent right now. I think they could be. Yes. I mean, they just made a. They just acquired a major piece of talent, right? Kevin Durant is might be the best player in the NBA, and it felt like all the contenders for best player in the in the NBA were in the Eastern Conference for the longest time, other than Jokic. But now, uh, now you got two of those guys in the Western Conference, and you got you got Luka Doncic obviously as well. very exciting, very exciting times for an NBA fan. Very exciting times if you're a Rocket fan. So yeah, uh, if you want to listen to more, if you want to read more, go to RainyShoops.com, subscribe. You go go to the iTunes, go to Google Play, go to Spotify, go wherever the hell you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to Red Nation Noobs to listen to all our coverage about the Rockets, about the NBA, all that stuff. And yeah, guys, I'll talk to you guys later.